This episode is rated E for everyone, no matter how close the guys got to slipping up. Welcome everyone to episode 8 of the Ethereum Gaming Podcast. I'm joined by a full party chat to talk about everything multiplayer from the Halo Array to Tatooine. So I'm glad to see Chad back tonight. Glad to see that he was able to pull himself away from the most magical place on earth and honor us with his presence. Chad, how we doing? You know, we've been, we missed you for two weeks. So, uh, how you been doing those two weeks? I've been good. We, uh, you know, churros and Mickey ice cream bars have uh, been my diet for the last 10 days. So it's good to be home and sleep in my own bed. I got the lucky option of sleeping in the couch bed in our hotel room. So with one of my kids every night. So that was, uh, you know, it was fun. It was a good, it was a good time. Disney does an amazing job with, uh, safety during this pandemic. So feel very safe going there. And if you need a vacation, I recommend it. Bring the kids there. Even now during the pandemic, it's a good place to bring the family. Absolutely. I know I saw after you got home yesterday, you hopped on live onto, onto Facebook gaming and which went live for a little while. Uh, so I know you jumped in some Call of Duty, but have you played anything else over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so I'm glad we're talking about multiplayer. I did enjoy the sports game uh, episode y'all y'all did in my absence, and uh, I do play Tony Hawk when I, I am not streaming. I don't stream it, but I do play the the Tony Hawk Remastered. I love it. It's awesome. The soundtrack is amazing, which you guys did talk about a lot. But speaking of tonight's episode, actually the day before. He left to go out of town. He, me and my college buddies got together and started playing Halo Master Chief um, Collection again because it is now cross-platform for PC and Xbox. So oh. we spent four hours of trash talking and you know, Halo humping each other once we once we uh, killed each other and battled for many hours on Halo 1 and 2. And it's actually now going to become a weekly thing where I think every Friday night we are going to out some halo multiplayer because it's one of the best multiplayer games of all time in my opinion that's awesome yeah i didn't realize they had made that crossplay. i was i've been looking for that announcement but uh, i guess i missed that one in the middle of all these other games yeah, it just happened playing. happened i think the end of december it's it's brand new it just happened to be crossplay like within the last less than 30 days good yeah look i'm sure we'll talk more about crossplay tonight with tonight's episode uh, but you know, I've, I've enjoyed having that option, you know, cause it's allowed me to play with the other two guys in our group. Aaron, how are you doing tonight? Is, is Halo humping a thing? I'm over here biting my tongue, but. Oh yes. Oh yes. Not Halo not sure is how I, how I feel about that. Halo is the initiator of multiplayer trolling in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been, just can't get that image on my head. Thank you, Chad. I, I've been doing good. Um, this week, I played a whole lot of Demon Souls. Um, got about 40 hours in on my one character. Then I decided to go back today and start a new build and do a more strength and dexterity build because before I was going the uh, magician and rogue kind of kind of route. And uh, what it took me about five or six hours to do with that character on my strength build, I'd say it took me about 30 minutes. So I, I oh, think wow. I'm getting the hang. I think I'm getting the hang of things here. Gotcha. You played anything but, else other than than that this week? Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. We talked about it the other week because it nice. was coming out coming out on the PSN network and as the free game of the month for the month of January. And I know I had said that it wasn't really my jam, but 
I went and downloaded it and started playing it just because I wanted something to get away from from the mindless grind. And it's kind of fun. I, I like the um, Uncharted series. So I know that Uncharted is kind of kind of a spinoff of the Tomb Raider, kind of a spinoff of the Indiana Jones franchise. So um, this these type of games are pretty fun. I'm kind of enjoying it, but I only got so far into it. And then I went back to Demon's Souls today. So. Right. That's the best thing about those uh, subscriptions, you know, like Game Pass and PSN, because it really gives some games that you may not have give a chance. But hey, if it's free, I'll try anything out at least once. You know, it's not something but, I'm going to platinum. It's not even I may see it through to the end, but it is it is something fun for me to kind of change things up after getting about 50 hours into Demon's Souls. So. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm probably doing a little bit better than Aaron is right now. I probably haven't put any holes in my wall, just out of sheer frustration uh, dealing with Demon Souls. But I am starting to dig myself out of the uh, the Tom Nicole over here. Um, so yeah, a lot of Animal Crossing going on at the house. A lot of running uh, when I get an opportunity to. But I did break the mold a little bit. I have gotten a little bit of Phoenix Immortal Rising underneath my belt. And going to say, the story seems to be really good. The way the flow of the game is pretty impressive so far, but if you're going to pick it up for the first time, I'd really recommend getting it on console or PC and maybe getting it for Switch as your backup game to transfer your game file. I mean, let's be honest, the Switch port isn't going to be the greatest out there, but in terms of fidelity, it's really not the best representation of the game. A lot of texture pop, uh, a lot of frame rate drops for, for something as ambitious as it is. It really needs to be experienced on a bigger console because it, it really doesn't look great in um, in docked mode. But I am having a lot of fun with it so far. How about yourself? What have you been up to? You know, you say that you're breaking that Tom Nook addiction, but uh, I was actually on my Switch a little bit today. Uh, glad to get it back in after having to have it repaired over the holiday. And uh, I'm pretty sure your name said Animal Crossing along it. So... Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're breaking it's that addiction a, sl- a little bit, but uh, I, I see you're still on that slope. Yeah, it's like the patches. I'm still on the big patch right now. I haven't stepped down to the me- the medium sized one yet. It's going to be a little while. It's, I got a long road ahead of me, but you know the cycle of uh, of pain is starting to break over here. Right. <clears throat> you know that's the kind of funny thing about about my past week is I probably haven't put that many hours in, but I have played a crap ton of different games. I've played everything from uh, Doom Eternal for a little bit to uh call of duty of course I actually picked up red dead online last night and man that is so much fun when you got a posse absolutely chad absolutely it's a good time you know i don't know if they've changed that's some stuff posse yeah man that's what it's called i spent 200 dollars on my posse last night in, in red dead dollars <laughs> you're you're yeah. mad about him saying posse and i'm over here wrapping my head around a halo hump right but uh, you know, it's Ooh, it's a that. it's a lot more fun. There's actually a defensive wanna. mode. There's a defensive mode in Red Dead Online. I didn't know that there was. That actually kind of helps with the griefers a little bit. So that's actually pretty nice. Uh, but uh, y'all will be happy to know that I picked up Breath of the Wild today. Uh, saw All it on right. sale. It does so make me a little happy. I picked it up to find out what in the world y'all are talking about, and so I've started Skyrim for kids, and uh, it's okay so far. But uh, We'll see how it goes. So it'll be a good lunch break, you know, switch game type deal. But uh, nonetheless, that brings us to our news for tonight. Not only did we have a lot of games that we were playing this week, there was still a lot of news. You know, we talked a lot about CES last week. There was some other big news in CES, but a lot of it was projects that, in my opinion, 
look really awesome, but probably won't see the light of day. Uh, but, you know, we did see some new news in games this week, and uh, Aaron's got some news that he's going to start us off with. Yeah, so last week we talked about a little bit about Lucasfilm Games and how they are creating the new um, Indiana Jones game that's going to be coming out. They're working in tandem with Bethesda. Um, before I get into this bit of news, Chad, you weren't here last week, so I kind of wanted to pick your brain about this. Bethesda making a new Indiana Jones game. Did you see the trailer? I did see the trailer, yes. I was very, very excited. Music and the hat and the whip got me going. Yep. It, it definitely did not give us a lot to go on, um, but it was just enough to get us really excited. Now, um, with it being Bethesda, with Microsoft being in the middle of an acquisition for Bethesda, do you see it possible? I mean, I have my answer for this, but do you see it at all possible that it could become an Xbox exclusive game? I'm an Xbox fanboy, um, as you know, and PC, so. I'm 100% for them making it exclusive just because I know I'll get to play it. And I think this is my thought process. Could this be Xbox's Uncharted? This be their... It could be. This be their... Could this, could this be their 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 flag like new flagship title game that's going to battle with Uncharted? Or are they just right. going to mass produce it? All right, follow Everyone. up to that. Um, it's being made by Bethesda. Do you see this being a first person or a third person? Third person, for sure. Third person, yeah. That was going to be my thing because mostly, and my answer for both of those kind of works in the same way, um, knowing that Lucasfilm Games is working on this, knowing that Lucasfilm Games is ultimately owned by Disney, Disney is going to, A, look at this as it's their IP. They're going to want to see that hat in the shot at all times. They want you to know that you're playing as Indiana Jones. There's no way that they're going to do this as a first-person game because that's going to take that aspect away from it. Um, the other thing is, is it going to be an exclusive? I don't see them wanting to pigeonhole themselves to one council. I think that Lucasfilm Games is going to want to branch out as far as they can. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they very rarely for any of the Star Wars games or anything along that line, even though it's been under EA's license for the last eight years at this point, um, they very rarely will make them for only one council. Yeah, that's what I'm just thinking about. I don't think they've ever done any exclusivity deals besides LC content, right? Wasn't... um. Wasn't Battlefront had exclusive stuff if you were on PlayStation compared to Xbox? It, it may have some exclusive stuff that you can get, but the game ultimately is for all platforms. Yeah. Um, just so for that reason, I don't I don't see it becoming a individual game. But anyways, just want to get your opinion. Um, but moving on from that is that the very next day after we recorded, we got more news coming from Lucasfilm Games, and that is that they have extended outside of the realm from EA now, and Ubisoft is going to be making an open-world Star Wars game. Shut up and take my money. Take it, take it now. <laughs> These are two of Tim's favorite things, wrapped in one beautiful little baby bundle. At this point, Ubisoft might as well life because I pay them about the same amount of money every single month. Let's just make this official. I'm just going to cut them a check and just be done with it. <laughs> he's, uh, I, he's paying alimony. To I believe that these two franchise IPs should switch. I think Indiana Jones should go to Ubisoft and Star Wars should come to Bethesda because Indiana, Ooh, Jones, that's a Indiana Jones can be made like an Assassin's Creed game, so to speak. Not necessarily the whole like jumping and diving through windows. I mean, Indiana Jones does that, of course. But 
imagine an Indiana Jones gameplay more like Assassin's Creed, and then a Star Wars gameplay, which we all love KOTOR. And for those of you that don't know that, Knights of the Old Republic, everyone loves that game. It is a hands-down classic. Everyone loves Star Wars game made by BioWare. Asda can fall out Star Wars, in my opinion, and Ubisoft cannot. They need to switch those titles. I I'll think sh- I think whoever mm. whoever's I'll challenge that. Kennedy or you're about to I'm get challenging some, that you're too. about to get some serious yeah. flack here. Man. For one for one thing, it's Ubisoft massive that's actually developing this who developed the division. And so yes. they're already clearly in the open world RPG. Horrible. Well, whatever, but it's you know, more of what it's dealing with. It's Ubisoft Massive who's creating this game, and so they're already clearly good developers. Campaign was what it was with the division, but you know it was still a well-developed game, and I think apply Star Wars to it, and it's going to be a really good game. And you're also thinking of Bethesda as the creators of Skyrim and Fallout, which are some of the best games ever and some of the best adventure games, but you're also forgetting that they also created Wolfenstein, Dishonored, and a number of other action-adventure games. And not only does Wolfenstein play directly into Indiana Jones fighting Nazis, you know, we're going to see a really good game come out of this. But the best part about this is they actually announced this week that Todd Stewart is the one that's going to be producing the Indiana Jones game for Bethesda, but that's not going to affect the completion of Starfield or the Elder Scrolls Six. So that was one concern that a lot of us had, because I'm looking for Elder Scrolls Six at the end of the day. I can't wait to play Indiana Jones, but it's still an IP-heavy game. But, you know... Elder Scrolls 6 is definitely what I'm looking to play, so I'm glad to see that that is not getting delayed. Yeah, I mean, the story and the leveling process for the original Division was phenomenal. The sequence into the Dark Zone was great, but the end of the story sucked. The end game was non-existent. Transition to the game that Massive took the lead on, which is the Division 2, and as much as I'm a New Yorker and I love my New York environment, they did a much better job creating a world for Washington, D.C. The storyline was better, the side quests were better, and they filled the world with more stuff. Again, they still had some endgame issues that they really need to sort out, and seeing how they're taking the lead on the Star Wars IP, they can't afford to drop the ball on the endgame content again, but their leveling process, their initial story, is going to be tight. Now, my real question about the Indiana Jones game is what engine is Bethesda going to use? Are they going to use the engine that's on the Wolfenstein series, which looks really good? Or are they going to use that outdated uh, Skyrim and Fallout uh, engine, and it's going to look like crap? So hopefully it's one of the newer engines that they're either doing Elder Scrolls 6 on, or even the Wolfenstein series, because that IP also needs to come out tight. But what other games have we seen this week, Aaron? Well, I'm. you guys know that I'm a big horror game fan i know chad and i actually had a lengthy discussion this weekend about how he is not a fan of horror games but you know what we'll probably get Correct. into one here at some point um but resident evil showcase on the 21st we're gonna hear a little bit more about it so next week get ready for some heavy heavy resident evil news so i will be bringing that to you but they're gonna be talking about their um tv show that's gonna be coming out the upcoming resident evil village game that should be hopefully coming out at some point this year as well as some other resident evil fanfare that we can all look forward to i am excited about this i love getting into the resident evil games i love all those things that come up in the night i'll be honest i haven't played many of the resident evil since four but i absolutely spent a crud ton of hours on resident evil four and i think i own about three copies of it uh these are some great games i really would like to dig more into the rest of the canon but finally to uh inadvertently bring it back to bethesda though they were publisher alone on this game 
Fallout New Vegas is getting a massive fan-made mod right now. Uh, the Frontier mod is now live on Nexus Mods, and there is a page available on Steam Powered for the mod to be coming to there. So people who aren't comfortable with modding their games, uh, wait around a few days to get it for Steam. I personally am probably going to wait around because I'm just too heavy into some other games right now to uh, to jump over to this. Because when you hear a mod, you don't think about a whole lot of, of content. You think about a few extra hours. When you think about a mod, you don't think about really well-tailored stuff. You don't think about it hugely changing stuff other than Thomas the Tank Engine coming into a world... But the Frontier mod is totally redoing the Fallout New Vegas Frontier. It is going to add over 65 hours of new content. There's going to be three new quest lines, two with 15 plus hours, and the California Republic is going to actually have 35 plus hours of additional content in just that quest line alone. This is a huge undertaking that's taken over seven years by a group of fans. And this is going to be a really exciting jump. You know, Fallout is personally one of my favorite games but you know a few years ago fallout lost its train of thought and they created fallout 76 fallout 76 was supposed to be a huge mmo game that was going to really bring the masses over but all it was was a huge bust there was no story in it they literally they they relied on players to create the story within the within the world you know, which brings us to our topic this week of multiplayer games. But from that transition, let's talk about some games that shouldn't have multiplayer but got a multiplayer focus. Now, I think Fallout 76 is the first one I can think of. But what other games have y'all played that are single player games that should not have had a multiplayer design for them? A Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. <laughs> Boom. Oh. All right, so let's talk about. So let's talk about, yeah. Like, Chad, why should Red Dead Redemption 2 not have multiplayer? Go ahead. I'm waiting. First of all, it's Rockstar. They took a year after the game was released to unleash multiplayer. And honestly, let's be real. It's the same thing's going to happen when Cyberpunk releases multiplayer. There's no need for it. Red Dead Redemption 2, as Seth will adamantly um, argue, is a great adventure game. Which I don't disagree with. I just it was too slow for me. It didn't it didn't tie me in, and you know, like Fallout and uh, like Oblivion and games like that would in Skyrim. But like I played the game, like I said, pretty quickly, beat it all the way through. When the online came out a year after, eight months or however long it was after, I'm sure Seth's looking it up to tell me the exact date that it was released. Um, but whenever it came out. I can find out. I did not like. I didn't even turn it on. All right. I know I made fun of Seth a little bit earlier for saying the word posse, but I'm gonna say it now. My friends, when this when online came out for Red Dead Redemption, we were in a text chat. We were all like, "Let's play, let's play, let's play." And I hadn't touched the game since I beat it. And I was like, "Oh, whatever. I'll join you guys." And I remember I was working or something, and they were all getting logged in, and I finally got able to be where I could play the game with them and. They're texting about all the problems. They're logged in. They're getting griefed. They're getting killed by these people that are like super high levels. Maybe devs playing the game. I don't know what it was. but or And then they couldn't posse up. That was the problem. The very first night, they were all running in lobbies. I think you can... I don't know if you can have you know, four in a posse. Was it six? I don't remember exactly. Seven. Okay. So whatever the number of my friends and I that were planning on playing, like they could never get more than two people together. 
for some reason they could not get a full party and they were having to go through the preliminary story and all this kind of stuff and they kept getting disconnected so by the time i finally got to sit down and turn it on and play it they were already done with it and i never tried it out so that is why i think that game should never have had online uh multiplayer because you can google it you'll see that everyone talks about how bad it was from the jump and maybe hey, Seth played it last night or a couple nights ago, and he said it was a lot of fun. Maybe they fixed all the bugs. You know, maybe it took them five years to do it. But uh, before we turn this over to Seth, so that he can have his mandatory rebuttal anytime someone attacks <laughs> Red Dead, um, I just want to say that if Cyberpunk had a multiplayer, that may be the only thing that could save it right now. Because if I'm gonna die by stubbing my toe walking down the street, Tim may as well be there to laugh at it. Might as well. <laughs> it <laughs> would be amusing. May- Make it a thing. <laughs> but anyways, Seth, attack him. Go. <laughs> so, Chad, please don't leave us. Please don't go back to, to Disney and leave us just because I'm going to challenge everything you say tonight, apparently, uh, after I attacked your earlier opinion on the developers. However, you know, two things. You, you mentioned the fact of how it came out later. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online also came out much after the release of Grand Theft Auto Five. This gave time for people to play the actual single player you know, you think about it, like with Call of Duty Black Ops, I've played the first mission. I don't even know if I finished the first mission before I just switched back over to multiplayer because that game wasn't focused on that. And so they give people time to play the game. They give, you know, proper time to focus on the development of the campaign. And then they came back and created online. Now, Grand Theft Auto Five online came out much after, but no one here, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago with the greatest game of the generation. No one can deny that that game did not you know, just absolutely dominate the Xbox One and PS4 generation, and mostly because of Grand Theft Auto V Online. Now, with Red Dead Online, you know, they expected the same success, but they didn't get it because it's not Grand Theft Auto. You know, it doesn't set the same tone. But to say that Red Dead Online is dead is, is absolutely not the truth. You know, honestly, you know, I also booted up when it first started, and I didn't have a posse. I didn't have people to play it with. And I found it no fun. I jumped back over to play an Arthur Morgan. And if you'd asked me this question a week ago, I probably would have still said it's trash because I hadn't given another chance. But after playing it this week, you know, honestly, the missions are short. But being able to actually play with friends and do these bounties with friends and, and run around on your horses as, as a posse is a lot of fun. Like it's, you know, last night I actually just sat down and played poker for a few hours with one of the one of the guys and, you know, just you know, doing those things, you know, and being in, in the in the game with other people, you know, it actually lends itself extremely well for co-op because of the community that it sets itself within. You know, that was the thing, too, is it had training missions at the beginning, but every game pretty much has training missions to help you get used to the, the different aspects of the game. So, yeah, you have to get past those before you can actually party up. But once you get past that, I mean, it's 30 minutes and you're past it. Honestly, right now it's five bucks for the standalone option. It's really a great time. To play this you know it may not have been your forte you may not have been looking to posse up but uh, i think it's still a really good option for a lot of people uh, and i don't know if this one applies exactly to what i was talking about with single player games that got a multiplayer that did not need to be there that was an afterthought but you know what other games do you think are afterthought you know personally i think cyberpunk multiplayer is an afterthought you mentioned that you know they're talking about doing team deathmatch and what's the other mode? I, I saw some some uh, news this week about another mode, but neither one of these modes really fit to me in the world of Cyberpunk. No, that's blout. I mean, that's no. full out yeah. just bloating the game up for the sake of having it, if that's the case. 
you know, honestly, I think it's just to give you something else to do after you finish the game because, you know, once I finished the game, there was nothing really to draw me back into replaying it. I think the only thing that they could add for multiplayer in that game that would make it relatively interesting would be some form of, like, team member heist. That's the other for it, actually. Yeah, if you get hired for a job, you have a team that you put together, kind of like um, Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. You have a heist, and you go on performance. So, I mean... It's all stipulation for what we actually think will happen with that game. So <laughs> we can sit there and go to the whiteboard and wonder all we want, but we really don't know at this honestly, point. The, honestly, the question is at this point, you know, not to belabor Cyberpunk, but is, is multiplayer even going to get the focus whenever they've got to do so much work just to fix the game? Is it even going to be worth it by the time that the game's actually fixed? Right. Well, I'm looking at something right now, and it's saying that Cyberpunk multiplayer is not expected until 2022. So hmm, about the time the game was expected. <laughs> Anyways, so what other that, games do you guys think that should not have been multiplayer? What games do you believe I, should not have gotten the treatment? I've got a good one. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I think one of you mentioned Uncharted. I'm not a PS4 guy. I'm going to. So well, let's I honestly didn't even Black know Flag that Uncharted had multiplayer. Uncharted 3 had multiplayer. I think 2 may have dabbled in it, but... Um, kind of to piggyback a little bit on what Seth was talking about with Cyberpunk, that's exactly what the multiplayer for Black Flag felt like. You have this huge, massive open-world game, and you've got Team Deathmatch, and basically the equivalent of Prop Hunt kind of shoehorned into the game. It really didn't fit. Like, the big driving mechanic for it is, can you hide from the other team mixed into the crowd? I mean, I'm not going to waste my time to get three other people in a lobby with me to go play that i'm gonna go tear up the caribbean and raid some forts you know attack a town you know take down a uh, an assassination contract i mean it really felt needless and that was that 2013 2014 era where developers felt that in order to completely monetize the game they had to have some sort of multiplayer element available i mean it was that very beginning of that thought process of you know, the game needs to live on in perpetuity. There needs to be that game as a service. And it sucked. It was awful. I, I can't tell you one person that played it uh, above and beyond the uh, tutorial. And I mean, I, I don't think I jumped into it too much either. It's nothing about Assassin's Creed in general screams that should even have a multiplayer. None of those games should no. get that. There's nothing about no, not at all. that builds up the level of excitement. Um, but we also talked about Uncharted. Um, just to add to what you had said before, so Uncharted... Two may have had it. I don't know. Uncharted three definitely did. Uncharted four also had multiplayer. Yes, yes, it did. That's what I was thinking. Like three and four, not two and three. You're you're correct. You're correct. Yeah, three and four had it. Um, it was a lot of like team deathmatch scenarios, a gameplay. I mean, it was fun, but it it was an afterthought to an otherwise great game. So the Uncharted mm-hmm. games are a lot of fun. It's a very enjoyable franchise. But then, as I was talking about earlier, I absolutely love those games, but it didn't really need multiplayer. At least not in my opinion. I know. My little brother loves multiplayer on that. Don't know why, but he does. Um, but he loves the Uncharted franchise as a whole anyways. Did anybody play the Bioshock 2 multiplayer? I did not. I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bioshock, in my opinion, is one of those franchises that I could replay right now. Like from number one all the way to infinite. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I'm not going for the multiplayer. Yeah. I'm going for that story. Yeah, the, the multiplayer, though, was so fun. I just liked, I mean, it's just a, you know, it's just like a um, a deathmatch type of thing. So, well, right, and, but why, you know, why does right Bioshock need a deathmatch? 
you know, there's so many good death. Like that's the point, you know. Yeah, we can throw a death match in anything. We can throw a death match in My Little Pony, but does every game need a death match? Those development hours, those those dollars were spent on a mode that's not going to be used very much. Now, when they spend development dollars on Call of Duty for multiplayer, that's going to be well spent because people are going to spend hours playing it. But, you know, when they just kind of throw these multiplayers in on these single-player games, that's time that they could have, you know, emboldened the, the actual campaign and made the story richer. You know, they, they just kind of, to me, it's a, it's a waste of development dollars when you just try to throw something in there just to throw a bone to players. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where you, where you uh, that where that's a valid point. I just, would you say, like, in the answer to your, or in re- reply to your question, then, would you say that that, that it's a game that did not need multiplayer? Absolutely. I think that that's it, why it's not in Bioshock Collection. I think that it comes down to is that it wasn't that the multiplayer was bad. It's just that those resources could have been put to better use for the end game, yeah. for the story mode. If they added an extra DLC, if they spent the extra time on building up the otherwise already a great game, it's the same thing with the Uncharted. I would have rather seen an extra DLC come out for those games rather than all the work that it took to build up those multiplayer components. Well, that's, I mean, not to bring it back to Cyberpunk, but to bring it back to Cyberpunk. There's a whole other team working on multiplayer. You know, they said it didn't delay the game working on multiplayer because they had a separate team working on it. You know, CDPR mm-hmm. is not a huge studio. They needed every man on deck working on Cyberpunk when it came out so that it came out properly. And instead, they had this team still working on multiplayer that, honestly, once it comes out, I doubt anybody will play. And I may be jumping off track here a little bit with this, but um, if you look at some games that I would have thought didn't need a multiplayer aspect uh both tim and i have been playing ghost of Tsushima like crazy um you guys have heard us about us talk about it at nauseum but they have ghost of Tsushima legends which came out about a month and a half maybe after the game actually came out it was a not an afterthought there was a team that was working on this from the very beginning but the multiplayer came out afterwards and it was just as well received if not more so than the actual game so this is an instance where Yes, they could have put it into the game. Yes, they could have made it into a DLC rather than a multiplayer experience. But this was so good that it deserved to be in there. I've heard that as well. People that play oh, that game fantastic. besides you guys, that this was actually a great addition to that game. So. Know, but, but there are so many good games with multiplayer bases. Uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima and Red Dead Redemption 2 both deserve their multiplayer, unlike some of these games. But, uh, you know, what about some games that have a multiplayer focus that maybe have almost done away with their actual single-player game and have just went straight up to multiplayer? What do you think are the best multiplayer games? I don't think you can go too far into this without talking about Call of Duty. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, my, I, my go-to game, Call of Duty, obviously, is, I don't know, making billions of dollars. I, I forget the number, but there was some crazy weird number that they – they make a, a day on microtransactions of people million. buying skins and stuff. Three million, yeah, three million a day, just on buying skins or the characters and blueprints for the guns. I mean, I don't know. I that's why they can put out a free game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiplayer obviously, in my opinion, has definitely been changing over the years. Because now, when people think of multiplayer, like people I know that play hardcore multiplayer for like Call of Duty play search and destroy they don't play team deathmatch i don't know a lot of people playing team deathmatch they'll play the hardcore mode or search and destroy or it's now battle royales but five years ago um everyone was probably playing 
know, big battlefield um, multiplayer maps actually, you know, their battle are deathmatch options or Halo, you know? So, well, that's all in, in Call Duty. relation to esports. You know, CDL plays mm-hmm. Search and Destroy. Uh, all the big streamers right now are playing Battle Royale, so everybody copies the big streamers. Uh, you know, and everybody used to play Halo in esports. So everybody kind of follows that esports trend. When people are serious gamers, when they're really out there, you know, getting the noobs, they're going to play those those games that they think are going to get them on the pro stage. You know, so yeah, those modes are what really pushes. You know, unless I mean, unless Microsoft brings Halo back for esports, you know, that's going to definitely stifle Halo Infinite. This is definitely Chad's topic because all the games we're going to talk about are right up Chad's alley because you know Call of Duty, Halo. Uh, Destiny, uh, you know, yep. some people say Destiny's a good game. Uh, so, oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that it's better than Skyrim. You know, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, a guy that can argue world would have said an that. eighth place game over top of a first place game. I think uh, back in episodes. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that Chris Mac- Masarakis said in the Facebook group that he absolutely loves Destiny and despises despises Skyrim. Yeah, and you can quote me on that. I'm pretty sure I saw that. <laughs> multiplayer games just that's what i typically gravitate towards and i i find playing video games by myself very boring and that's always how i've been like i grew up with a brother he's 13 months old younger than me and every game we ever played was a multiplayer style competition even if it wasn't supposed to be we would like our mom had to take away our super nintendo because we would play Street Fighter against each other, and we would end up fighting our each other in in the bedroom. And like, because my brother hated the fact that I would e Honda him up in the corner, and he just could never get away from my fast hands. And but that's just always how I grab I gravitate more towards games where I can play with other people because I was homeschooled, so you know my social life was a little different than people that went to public school. I didn't play sports or anything like that in a public nature. So my friends that I played with other homeschool kids in their houses so we played video games online you know playing halo and then um uh, uh counter-strike on pc that's what that, that's what i did and that's where a lot of my friendships from high school came from i just that's what i that's how i enjoy games i enjoy games with other people and destiny as much as you don't like it seth is great for multiplayer aspects whether you're playing the the actual pp uh pvp you know player against player or the pve do you have to run destiny with people you can have a a squad a strike team of three or you can raid with six and tim tim can agree on on destiny like that's oh yeah that's the fun thing about absolutely i don't disagree that destiny is a great game you know we we were we were debating our favorite games and uh while you'll never get me over to that side that it's greater than skyrim destiny is a great game and it's especially good when you've got a group of people to play with unfortunately uh, Destiny 2 still not being crossplay extremely limits the number of people we can play with, you know, and that's one of the things I love about multiplayer. And yes, like you, I would rather play with somebody any time, any day. And so that's why I still haven't completed AC Valhalla or Odyssey or a number of the other single player games I got going. Because as soon as somebody comes online and says, hey, you can play some Warzone, I don't care how mad Warzone's making me right now, I'm going to jump over and play some Warzone. And, uh, you know, there's just so many great multiplayer games that we can do. And, you know, especially in this last year where social interaction has been limited, uh, the multiplayer has been a great outlet for people to still interact with people and to hang out. Uh, but is there any other huge multiplayer games that uh, y'all deem that we need to mention here before we move on? 
Uh, Fall Guys. Uh, just, Fall before guys. We, just before Lost. we get going here, um, Fall Guys was a fantastic game. And just watching the streamers play it, and then that's actually the reason I downloaded it and jumped in there, is I wanted to be angry at myself for failing in a game that seems like it should be so easy. And I succeeded in that. Um, but I haven't played it in a while. It was it was one of those kind of flash in the pan kind of games, but it was fun for what it was when it was. Right. It's actually on season it. three right now. So yeah. um, I just I don't see anybody streaming it really or playing it anymore. But I have like my wife who always watches my streams. She she has said that my my nights that I uh, joined up with buddies and played Fall Guys are some of the most hilarious nights that we've ever had. Like I've ever had streaming because of just the way the game plays and laughing with your friends during that game. So oh, that game's great. Among hilarious. us, if you want to jump among on us and play is one another night, one, I will do that. Oh heck yeah, dude! I'd, I'd be down to play it again. But among Tim, us is another. To say about did you have something to say about Fall Guys there, Tim? No, not necessarily Fall Guys, but go going back to a question that uh, Seth raised a few minutes ago was multiplayer focused games and some of their other content. And we started talking about Call of Duty, and I'm going to rope Battlefield into this as well. I mean, the flagship element of those two series is PvP. Getting people together in some capacity, whether it's traditional multiplayer, whether it's Battle Royale. But those games, those games also have a single-player component as well. And I know for a fact that the Battlefield franchise has been lacking in that for some time. Its actual cohesive story has gotten worse over time to the, pack, uh, to the point where they've gone episodic with chapters so it's not even a single story anymore it's story snippets and it's in there just to say that it's there i mean the cinematics are great but that's not why people buy battlefield people buy battlefield for the multiplayer same thing with call of duty and you can really look at this based on what developer pushes out that year's call of duty uh treyarch and sledgehammer still do a pretty good job of creating their single player narrative i mean it's very over the top it's very cinematic but I mean, you can only go use the same cliches and the same character development so many times and just change the window dressing. If you look at Treyarch, they actually tried just getting rid of the single player altogether with Black Ops 4 and just selling a $60 multiplayer game. And it, I mean, it sold phenomenally well. It's a Call of Duty. It's going to do that. But there was initial pushback of, why are you selling me this game at full price if it doesn't contain this slice? So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Nobody plays it. But people get really, really pissed off when it's not there or it's underdeveloped. You know, and, Tim, to uh, to expound upon that, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Have campaigns moved away from being stories to being extended tutorials? Because a lot of people They're like to there. warm up to a game by playing there, yeah. the single player. So, so would you see that as, as what the developer's focus is almost switched to because they're just so focused on the multiplayer portion? I can definitely see. I, I haven't completed the Modern Warfare campaign. I'm about three quarters of the way through but yeah the first couple of minutes and in battlefield one and battlefield five before you can even unlock the campaign and elements of the multiplayer you had to go through basically a cinematic tutorial that was very loosely linked to the campaign so yeah there's a lot of merit in that and the uh the last point i want to make before i kick it back over to you is believe it or not uh fortnite started off as a pve game that just dabbled in this battle royale thing when it was in its early development. And then lo and behold, that battle royale really picked up steam and became like the flagship portion of the game. 
And how many people playing Fortnite today even know that there's a story mode? Right. You know, Fortnite just exited beta, what, a few months ago? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, so like they've, they've just been like open up to fail as long as they want to for the last few years because they were in beta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, talking about games, though, that it basically just has a cinematic trailer or um, tutorial leading up to you actually playing the multiplayer. Look at um, Battlefront and Star Wars Quadrants. Both of those have a four-hour yeah. campaign to them, and that's nothing but tutorial to get you ready to play a multiplayer. I mean, I, I haven't that's actually an excellent finished. Example. I haven't actually finished Squadrons campaign yet, but I don't feel like I have to finish Squadrons campaign because as you play through that, you basically play one mission with X ship, X wing, and then you play the next mission with B ship, B wing, um, and then you just get to get used to those, and then you move on to the next style of ship, and it teaches you all those. But then it also teaches you like you will be playing, and I I actually don't remember what all the different types of um of games that you can play in that are. I know that there is the one that you try to take the flagship, um, the flagship from your mm -hmm. enemy, and a lot of that game is getting you ready to learn how to play in those different um scenarios so that's really all they are and then looking at um battlefront battlefront is another four to six hour game but really it's just it's multiplayer easy mode right toned down so that everybody can play it <laughs> right mm -hmm. you know and a lot of these games we've talked about you know i think one of the biggest things again that helped a lot of these games succeed in 2020 was the uh, continued approach to crossplay you know, Warzone was crossplay, so it had a huge following. Uh, Among Us was somewhat crossplay because you had PC and mobile phones, which made it super accessible to people. And you know, you see that you know that game's actually coming to PlayStation and Xbox now because of, of how big of a success it was with that component. But you know, crossplay puts it into the hands of a lot more people that way. And again, like I said, you know, we talked earlier about the fact that Battlefront Two is currently on sell for free on epic you know what what's better than free but i still can't play with you guys because it's not crossplay. and there's so many games that you would think would be crossplay that still lack that component but you know what do you think the effect of crossplay on today's current state of multiplayer is i can answer that just because i kind of told you guys a little bit about this before we started recording um a game that is near and dear to my heart is halo and it's probably my Arguably all-time favorite franchise. I think it's the hands down the best multiplayer experience out there when it comes to just battle royale and or not battle royale, sorry, team deathmatch and capture the flag and things like that. But uh, um, Xbox and Microsoft or Microsoft just create uh, within the last month has made PC and uh, Xbox cross plat um, cross platform um, and cross play availability for the Halo Master Chief Collection. So actually last Friday, a week ago Friday, me and all my college uh, friends and roommates got together and had a big Halo custom match night for four hours where, um, like, like I said, we were trash talking and, um, you know, killing each other, sniping each other. And if you play Halo now, it's so much slower than if you play like Modern Warfare or, you know, Black Ops or anything like that. It, like your character moves slow. Everything about it is slow. And it's just that being cross-platform now between the PC and the Xbox was a game changer. Once someone, we have a group chat with all my buddies, and they said, hey, Halo's cross-platform now. Let's play. We literally 
planned and played that very night. So it was once we heard it was cross-platform, we played that that fast. And speaking of Among Us, Among Us, honestly, is revolutionary with that. How many how many games can you do you know that you can play PC and mobile? It's already on Xbox Game Pass right now. I don't know if it's on PlayStation yet, and I'm assuming Xbox Game um, Xbox has it has cross um, cross play as well. I would guess. I don't know. So it's, it's not on PlayStation, PC. but it is on the Switch. Oh wow! You can play it on the Switch now. Five bucks. Um, mobile is the only area that is free to play, but you do get ads after every match. Yeah. Um, speaking of banding together, I feel like we should have one night that we get together with ourselves in the community and just play Among Us because that would be fun. It would be fun. That really would be. I just want mm-hmm. I just want you guys to know I have a super sus way about me. So just because you think it's always me, sus. doesn't mean it is. Yeah. I think I, honestly the cross the cross play and cross platform ability is gonna get it's it's gonna it's already revolutionizing the way multiplayer is played, but in the future if games are not making themselves cross platform, I think they are gonna be the on the losing end of being big time sellers and blockbuster games. Literally you I don't see besides like a like a flagship like Halo Infinite coming out, but it'll probably be cross play for PC and Xbox. But besides you know any other blockbuster, you know full console release title? It's not crossplay or and cross platform. It's it's just I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna be a winner. They they won't have as many people playing it because I'm playing with friends now that are on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, and just just better for gaming overall and multiplayer. I mean, Seth alluded earlier talking about how Battlefront should be cross platform, but it isn't, and. Talk about missing out right there. We would all be on there playing because it's a Star Wars yeah. game. We would all jump on that. But yeah, what can you do? I wish that it was, but it isn't. So only so much that you can do. You know, Squadrons is crossplay. Honestly, I think it's part of the reason that saved that game because at the end of the day, that was a pretty difficult game and a pretty, like you said, there's not a whole lot of meat there. But I think the fact that it's crossplay opens up a little doors to a lot more people to be actually playing the game. Squadrons is interesting to me because I have some days where I wipe the floor with the other team on my own, and then I have other days that I last about two seconds before my ship blows up every single time. Mm-hmm. Right. It is it is a unforgiving, unforgiving game. Can't wait till it comes to Game Pass. I I, I can't justify buying it because I know there's a lack of the lack of campaign. It's a half um, price game. Entice me. Yeah, I know. I'll wait for Game Pass still. The thing about crossplay is that it just opens the door for multiplayer to so many more people because you don't have to rely on your friends to have bought the same console. You don't have to rely on your friends to also have a PC. You know, it opens that door. But you know what closes doors is the fact of paying for multiplayer. You know, we're still seeing where we're paying for PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Uh, Used to PlayStation's big call to arms was the fact that they have free multiplayer, but we no longer see that. You know, PC is really the only person with free multiplayer now. So what do you think uh, the future of these subscription services are? You know, I'm seeing that it's now included in Game Pass if you have Game Pass Ultimate on Xbox. Do you think this is going to eventually go away and just be wrapped up into these game subscription services? And is that going to leave people without these in the dust? Or do you think these will become free again at some point? What's your thoughts, Tim? I don't think we're getting anything for free, to be honest. Um, I think everyone's going to take a look to see what Microsoft does because they're really involved in two parts of the ecosystem. They've got the Xbox brand, and then they're very heavily into PC. 
Granted, there's a lot of PC storefronts, but I mean, it's built on Microsoft's architecture. Um, I think it might go two paths. We might still be playing for, paying for the Xbox Live, uh, your PlayStation Network, and even your Switch online. But they might bundle it, kind of like you, you have with your home cable. You might get your cable, internet, and phone for a reduced price. So that would be, um, in PlayStation terms, your PS Now, your uh, PS Live, your PSN at like 80 bucks a year as opposed to 60 bucks. I don't ever see it going free again, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and see, that's what Xbox has. You know, Game Pass Ultimate's $15 a month. That includes Game Pass for both Xbox and PC and Xbox Live. You know, you can still buy Xbox Live for 5 bucks, but, you know, the better deal, of course, is, is Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, PC, of course, there's no fees on that end. But, I mean, I still have a lot of people who tell me they're buying a PlayStation this generation because they don't want to pay for multiplayer anymore on Xbox. You know, people still pay attention to that, even though that's not even the case anymore. Uh, but that was told to us so much, you know, in the last generations. You know, that's, to me, that's another door that's preventing people from, from hopping in these games. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, I not agree really. agree with Tim. You're not getting anything for free. I think that subscriptions are the way of the future. I was growing up, and I had to make that choice of, am I going to get a PlayStation or an Xbox? Um, and I remember everyone saying that, and I don't remember when, if it was PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360, when like Xbox Live and everything was created and the PSN network was created. I remember that all my friends, you know, reading the reviews and stuff, we went Xbox because we knew that PlayStation Network was terrible for online multiplayer. And we wanted to play um, Halo. We wanted to play Call of Duty or whatever the game may be, Medal of Honor, Battlefield. We wanted to play those together. And we all knew that PlayStation was the worst network. Um, just because it was free so that, you know, they didn't put as much time and effort into it or, or supposedly is what we believed anyways back then. And I think that that's just the way it's going to be, you know. It's a console. You have to pay for that service. You know? Was that back with see, PS3? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. 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 PS3. Um, and, and, and that's just the way – that's just the nature of the thing. I mean, nature of the beast now, you know. You – you want just HBO, you buy HBO Max or whatever it is, you know, you can get your Netflix, you can get your Hulus, video games, like, the ultimate Game Pass is going to be the future for these things. I don't know what PlayStation has, I'm assuming they have something like that, but the fact where you can get a game library for this amount of monthly fee plus your online multiplayer, that's just the way it's, you know, if once they, once they figure out a way to be able to stream games on these consoles directly without having to download them, I, th- I think that's the next thing for this this like network and having to pay and stuff like that but i think once that happens it'll you know that's just the way it's going to be we'll never see it free again well since we've just all come to the grips that you know paying for one of these subscription services for multiplayer is just going to be the standard you know the thing about it is is multiplayer really does incur a lot of extra costs not only in the subscription but also in the fact that multiplayer has become super heavy on microtransactions you know, I think EA is is the microtransaction king, uh, but so many games have added that into to their architecture. So Aaron, what do you think about that? I see I see you shaking your head. I just remember when Battlefront Two came out, and it was the bane of everyone's existence. Mm-hmm. It was so microtransaction was... heavy. It was the worst thing ever. It got to the point where there was lawsuits, wasn't there? Yeah, it was straight up pay to play. They act, they had to tear down the entire storefront 
Yeah, there were yeah there there were lawsuits. Yeah, there were lawsuits that were filed. They really didn't go anywhere, but um, the fact of the matter was they existed. Shareholders got very upset over the fact that there was such a big backlash to it. And EA uh, had to yank the storefront and completely redo it. I mean, you were buying power-ups for multiplayer in that game. Unless you yeah, got the was... Ultimate Edition, you got something that was halfway decent to start, but you were still paying for anything that would have at least carried you through. It was, yeah, it was just ridiculous. It's good that they went back and they fixed it. So they, like you said, they had to strip everything down, but now you can actually jump into that game. And other than having to pay the $5 or so to get the game now, or you can get it for free if you're on Game Pass. Um, other than that, you don't have to really pay anything to play that game now. They have stopped adding to it as of a couple mm -hmm. months ago, but still a very enjoyable game compared to what it was when it first introduced itself to the scene. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think there's a difference in making a game pay to play or pay to skip. You know, a lot of things, you know, even Call of Duty today, I, th I think the way that they've set up some of their blueprints has actually been a different system, but I kind of actually like it because when a new gun comes out, you can probably buy a blueprint for that gun that's going to have some good attachments on it. But unless you've unlocked that gun, unless you've unlocked the other attachments, it doesn't just totally give you full reign of that gun. It only gives you what's in that blueprint. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you work for those guns, you still can get all those attachments and everything. And if you've got everything unlocked, then the only difference a blueprint makes is how pretty the gun is. You know, so I think when microtransactions start going that way, they're not so bad. But when you start giving people just sizable advantages that they can only get by paying for something, you know, that's where it, it kind of turns a different head. You know, but talk about talk about a payment system on a multiplayer game that was horrendous. Did any of y'all ever get into the Diablo 3 auction house? Yes. No, luckily I missed that debacle. That, that sounded like it was just a train wreck. Are you kidding me? I got some really OP weapons from that when the game first came out. I was going to say, it was I, I just barely missed the gold house. And, uh, you know, people were making some serious cash by selling their weapons or... Uh, or, you know, spending some serious cash buying some OP weapons. But that was a total different, you know, that's probably one of the craziest systems I've seen that, that uh, actually put some money in the player's hands versus just in the developer's hands. No, that's true. I mean, I I did that when it very when it first started. Um, I had a friend who actually bought Diablo 3 and put it on my computer back when it very first came out. Um, I don't know why I didn't put it on his computer, but I was happy with it because I could play it whenever I wanted. Um, and we used the auction house in the very beginning when it wasn't too expensive. Um, but it did get to the point where people were selling things for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Easy. So I never spent that much money. I may have spent like 20 or 30 bucks on a weapon, but never had to change it after that. I, I used to play a game, a mobile game, and it was uh, Marvel War of Heroes is what it was called. It's like Magic the Gathering, a card-based mobile game. And um, I was deep into that game. And it would have, you know, every week they'd release new cards or whatever, and they'd have certain powers, they'd have events, and the cards would, would be, you know, use these cards during the events, they're more powerful. And I remember, and it was the game's not in existence anymore, so I can say this and not indemnify my, myself, but they would say in the in the terms of service that you're not allowed to, sell because they had a trading system just like i assume i've never played diablo but i assume it's the same thing where you have something in your inventory and you can trade it to another player um and for what, whatever it is so they would have in-game currency which are like you know gold or whatever power 
power-ups or power packs or whatever they were called and you'd have to buy these and then basically one of the in-game currency cost a dollar so a hundred of them would be a hundred dollars and people would then trade these things um in these cards and i remember getting a card for an event and it was the top tier card and i sold that card for five hundred dollars <laughs> um and and it's real money because the way it works is someone bought the card from me for 500 of these in-game currencies and then i went around and found people that wanted the in-game currencies and i just sold them to them so i i made i, I didn't make i shouldn't have, i shouldn't have said i made 500 dollars because selling the in-game currency you always had to sell it cheaper than what the game sold it for so you know i sold whatever the the gold was for you know a fraction of it but Essentially, I sold a card for 500 of these in-game currencies, and then I sold the in-game currency for PayPal money. So it was. Uh, I, I, got, of, I got pretty deep into that. The thing about the auction house was it was sanctioned U.S. dollars being handed around. Mm-hmm. So there was no. I feel like that could be highly illegal US in dollars. some way. They got shut down. Like there could so. be some, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there like probably could be some la- laundering. It was like a garage sale online for your weapons. It was fine. But yeah, I mean, like yeah, I cool. did. I remember when I very first started playing uh, Diablo three, I had a person I randomly got matched up with, and they definitely hooked me up by giving me some weapons to kind of carry me through the beginning of the game. So I mean, you want to talk about multiplayer etiquette, helping a brother out in the very wee hours of the game. Otherwise, I would have probably had a lot more of a difficult time than I actually did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had people speed run me, so you know. But you know, I think we've all. Like subscription services, I think we've just kind of come to grips that microtransactions are in these games. I mean, honestly, I, I'm a little bit stifled to even come up with a game I played recently that didn't have some type of microtransaction. I mean, I bought gold today for Red Dead Online. Everything has either in-game currency that you have to buy to buy stuff, or it has microtransactions of operator packs or whatever. Uh, Demon you know, Souls has a multiplayer aspect to it, and there is micro. Well, because that's probably not worth handling those transactions. Probably not. Yeah, that's blood money. That's some bad juju to it. <laughs> Everything about that game is blood money. Just as multiplayer microtransactions are, are become a standard, you know, what's also a standard in multiplayer is toxicity. Multiplayer in-game chat can be some of the most toxic, worst times you'll have in a game. Just as much as multiplayer can be fun and be a good time with your friends, if you sit in game chat for very long, you can meet some really toxic people, you know. So to wrap this this topic up, let's talk a little bit about etiquette, and let's talk about minding our P's and Q's. You know, don't say anything your mother wouldn't want you to hear. But uh, you know what? Uh, what are some of your tips for uh, multiplayer etiquette, or, or what are some things you've seen recently that just absolutely drove you up a wall? Something that drove me up a wall. Have you opened up a Among Us lately? I have not. <laughs> no, oh, I, I just either. got an imposter. I, okay, so, sorry. I opened the game up on my phone just so that I could uh, see what popped up in the text because I was going to promise you guys that something was going to happen. Don't mind me while I actually play through this match because you give it like two seconds and someone's going to say something. Yeah, I being a streamer and I have had to turn off all outside chat sources so the only people Mm -hmm. that i hear are people in my direct party um and honestly that's the great thing about discord um for those of you that use discord it's a great way to have chats with your teammates um you can get on mobile or on your 
PC. Unfortunately, PlayStation and Xbox do not have Discord apps yet because they have their own chat systems. But like, I had to do that because I mean, I don't understand how. I understand people people get booted all the time for you know, like banned from games for what they like their gamer tags and all that kind of stuff. But like, if you open up a lobby, you will hear some of the most. Like Han Solo says, uh, a multiplayer open lobby is the worst place. Like it's a hive of 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 scum and villain villainy that you would never expect. Like there are so many foul words and you know racial slurs and sexual slurs and all that kind of stuff that just doesn't need to be said. And so I yeah I have to turn it off. I had to I couldn't have any of that come over my stream because that would just be one damaging for my listeners and then. I don't want to hear that anyways and have other people, you know, listening to that. But I actually have just had recently on my stream, I did a, a follower night where I was doing follower games. And uh, lo and behold, one of the followers that signed up to play used a slur that he should not have. And he got banned straight up on my stream. And I even railed into him and had to give like a public service announcement and all this kind of stuff. It just, you know, there's, what's a, you can cut a follower night. Um, so I, I have nights on my stream where if you are a follower of mine, you are, I have open lobbies where you can just come join me and play with me. And like, I don't make plans to play with friends or other streamers or anything like that. It's if you are a follower of mine, get in the chat and say you want to play and you're invited to come play once there's a spot open. Usually I'll rotate two or three games with a person and then they got to get out and someone else comes in. So, you know, normally for the most part, it's pretty good, but I had... Um, I've actually had two followers that I've had to ban within the last uh, two weeks that have used words they should not have used. And just, you know, this day and age, you need to you need to be responsible. You need to be respectful of what you're saying. And Halo humping is not vulgar, in my opinion. Um, it is just a fun troll. I know we can talk about trolling a little bit, but like, you know, it, in today's society, there's just things that don't need to be said. And I, I personally don't really cuss ever at all even on my streams and the people i play with know that my followers know that and a lot of people that come in and play with me don't do anything like that and then you know fortunately you get your bad eggs and your parents you know didn't raise them that well or whatever it may be that is i don't know <laughs> that's the worst thing about multiplayer chad soapbox boggles my mind with some of these gamer tags about how creative people get to try to get past the filters on the gamer tag setups you know i mean i saw somebody the other day and it's just like at first i was like what is that even supposed to say and then when i realized it i was like wait what and you know the funniest part was one of my squad mates was actually pronouncing it totally different than what the person meant it and it sounded super clean and you know <laughs> and it was just like buddy that's that's definitely not what that says and you might want to stop referring to him you just, know and just uh, don't acknowledge that guy <laughs> It's just Don't people go out of their ways around. to get past that. And there's just no point. You know, a lot of times in, in Warzone, I'll turn my in-game chat on because I kind of like to listen to the death chat because that's, that's a lot of fun when, you know, you kill somebody in Warzone and you hear that few seconds of death chat. And then I'll forget when I get back into a multiplayer lobby and I start hearing all that crap again. And, you know, that's a two-sided head of a PC. You know, a lot of times I'll use Xbox Live chat to talk to my, my buddies since they're on Xbox. But on PC, I can hear both that and I can hear the in-game chat. And, uh, yeah, you start hearing all those people over and it doesn't take long to start muting those lobbies in a hurry. Mm -hmm. 
that's the best thing that Activision ever did was add that mute all function because those lobbies, especially public lobbies, are just, I mean, they're awful. I mean, and this is coming from a veteran, a New York City-raised U.S. military veteran. I've got a very, very diverse and colorful vernacular. I mean, I've probably strung sentences together that you didn't even know were possible, but there are just some lines you just don't cross. There's some things you don't make fun of. There's some things that you just don't say especially to strangers. I mean, if you're in a room full of people that you have no rapport with, that you, you have no relationship with whatsoever, I mean, above and beyond the things that you should just never address, I mean, you like just shouldn't be talking trash, especially in a manner like that. If you wouldn't say those things to your mother, you shouldn't say them to a complete stranger at all. Now, you put the four of us in a room together, it's going to get kind of colorful kind of quick, but we've, you know, we've developed that relationship. I mean, if we do that in an isolated party, you know, you have a little bit more liberty, a little bit. But uh, I'm just going to touch on Nintendo for a second, because as a gamer, the way they set things up is absolutely convoluted and frustrating. Like, like there is almost no way to have an easy party chat in any of their online games. But as a parent, I love how convoluted it is, because that means that my kid has to jump through like 40, 50 hoops in order to interact with another human being who is not me. Um, Don't you but, have to like do something with your phone? <clears throat> yeah, there's a, <clears throat> there, excuse me, there's a whole separate phone app you have to do, and you've got to jump through two or three hoops just to connect to the internet in something as simple as Animal Crossing. Yeah, and luckily he hasn't figured that out yet. You know, gamer tags is one thing. You know, how people talk in lobbies is another. What about the emblem creators that Call of Duty and Battlefield and other games had for a while? You know, a key example of why we can't have nice things. You know, you look at the, Some of those you know, got the people that you're paired up with. Oh, they got horrible. And this was before a lot of uh, the current dealings with what, that we've got going on in the, uh, the political and social climate now. We're talking back in 2010 to 2013 when things were quote-unquote normal. You know, it was rampant back then. I mean... We wouldn't think anything at all. It's just as we're trolling through the lobbies trying to see who's there. It's like, oh, there's X symbol. Or, oh, there's affiliation with X group. Okay, reported, banned. It's just, it's embarrassing. I mean, there's, I mean that's a key reason why there's such a negative stereotype against this hobby in the greater uh, population. is because of stupidity like that. Because people can't behave themselves. No. And they get awful brave when they can hide behind the veil of anonymity. If people don't know who they are or where they are, they get awful brave, awful quick, especially when they don't think there's any consequences. So, I mean, we said that we would talk about trolling here, and I'm going to be real honest with you guys. Uh, I've definitely trolled some people. Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. <laughs> Not even oh. going to hide it. Oh, um, I've, I've trolled a few people. Especially, especially when they jump on and they decide to cop out an attitude. Tell um, me a good story. I want to hear a good trolling story. Oh, you want to know? Okay, so um, let's see. Uh, going back to um, okay, so when I actually first started trolling people as like a hobby, um, I was playing. <laughs> I was. We went from honestly, occasionally I've trolled people to it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was back in the day. Um, I was playing with my little brother. We were playing COD, and I don't even remember which one it was back then. And there was some guy that was on his mic cussing people out. And he was on my team. So I went and sat in front of him because he was camping in the corner. And I blocked him so he couldn't move out of the corner. And I just sat there and aimed my gun up in the air and started firing it off. And I kept doing it to him over and over again. <laughs> yeah. 
He wasn't too happy with me. God, we, we got the same guy in two lobbies in two completely different ways. I mean, I was partied up with five other veterans. This was back during the Modern Warfare 3 era. So I think it was the mission map, the, the one that was split level that had the drainage canal in the middle. Everyone <laughs> gillied up. Everyone went cold-blooded. We all hid and constantly switched weapons. So you couldn't see the profile of a weapon because it's, going th it's cycling through the animation. All six of us were hidden in that drainage canal for an entire match. And you just heard this guy just screaming because he couldn't find anybody for the duration of an entire match until he just walked up like right past us and just got lit up by an entire squad. Match ends. He's still chalking trash in the lobby. We had this guy convinced that one of the guys in the group was a paraplegic and he was controlling his controller with his mouth and he was just blowing into his mic for about five minutes straight. <laughs> guy bought it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, kind of want to get my hands on one of those controllers just to see how it works um taking it to a little bit more i mean we were gonna sit here and badmouth by people that are trolling but here we are here um, we are you know but are. yours was justified. we are the worst kind of people <laughs> yours was I, justified I like the... trolling you know i do the same thing like there's in shoot house on modern warfare there's a sniper alley right up the middle and people will just sit there and camp the whole game mm -hmm. and it's just like no buddy this is hard point not team deathmatch not kill confirmed this is hard point. The hard point's nowhere close to where you're aiming. Get off of this thing, you know, especially in hardcore. I can't stand to play hardcore because I will go up behind somebody and team kill because that's <laughs> aggravating. Justified trolling to me is absolutely different than the trolling that I see a lot of times in these games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like to think of myself more as a vigilante than a troll. There you go. You got the oh, way got on. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, mm -hmm. playing Ghost of Tsushima, I had a guy the other day who, like, normally on that for survival mode i won't turn on my mic just to be honest with you guys because some of these people get a little bit annoying or most of them don't have their mics on anyways and this guy i was carrying the entire match i went back to one of the uh bronze level matches and i have my character maxed out just because i felt like carrying some people and i was carrying the entire match i had about 100 more kills than anybody else in my group and there was one guy that ran over to the beach and was trying to hold that checkpoint and all the other checkpoints had people swarming on them and he was screaming into his mic that we had to go and help him and he was cussing us out and flipping out so i decided to turn on my mic and let him know in a very sinister voice no you gonna die today and then i ran up <laughs> and just sat there at the top of the tower and he watched me watch him as he got swarmed and died and then i went and cleared out the area and just let him let him stay down for a little bit you know, so that he could think about what he did that's the funniest thing to me, like, especially in Warzone. Personally, I refuse to play randoms. If I don't have enough people to make a party, I either don't play or I play solos. You know, uh, I'll play with anybody, but you just never know what you're going to get in a lot of those random matches. But I know there's one time that uh, I got into a match. That we were talking, we were having a pretty good time, we were playing, and... Uh, the guy was telling me all about the streamers he watched and about how I should have had my loadout because the streamers had their loadout like that. And that's why he had his loadout like that, because he had such a high KDR. And uh, so so he carries on like this for about five or ten minutes. And uh, then he gets killed. So what do you think happens when he gets killed? He cusses us out, tells us we're the worst players ever, and then rage quits. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, y'all are still alive. Right. And, you know, that's... To me, that's that's the thing. Like it's like Tim said, you know, people get behind that that wall. But you know, some of the people I've seen that trash talk the most are the ones who are pulling up the bottom of the leaderboard. 
Mm-hmm. So the only thing that they have to bring to that match is their trash talk. And, you know, I don't care if you're turning seven and a half next week. You know, you shouldn't be talking to me like that. Well, you know, I am like yeah. the bottom of the bottom of the leaderboard when it comes to Warzone. So I can talk some mad trash. Right. That's that's yeah, the worst I, part, though, is when, is when you have that seven and a half year old and you turn them off and then you realize they're actually making some pretty good call outs and you have to turn them back on. <laughs> that's a little. <laughs> some of these are pretty good. I was a little nervous about this part of the topic for tonight because I have been working on a planned video YouTube series for my stream channel, and I'm going to be uh, utilizing the troll method very hard. In I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to uh, join some random matches, and it's going to be fun. So Just remember, um, you're not a troll. You're a vigilante. <laughs> the, the problem well, is... You see, tell everyone, yourself. I, I don't know why. I, I guess it's because I don't cuss, and I don't. I mean, I, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't cuss on stream. I shouldn't say that. Um, and I, I guess that's what it is. But everyone says like, "Chad, you're too nice." Blah blah blah, or, or like the most family friendly streamer in Warzone I've ever seen. Stuff like that. And so I'm going to be making some videos shortly once my uh, external hard drive arrives uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to be working on Bad Boy. Uh, side of my side of me for some some fun extra videos and it's gonna, it's it's right up this whole alley of being a mega troll so i'm excited these, for it these are not so, going to be family friendly I'm, I'm still not gonna cuss i'm just gonna oh. do other things that troll hard on some people i thought i thought chad was gonna get a little does bad boy brace buy a loadout instead of buying their teammate back is that what bad boy Maybe. brace does Maybe gets the whole random squad into a helicopter and crashes the helicopter and jumps out as they all die. You know, something like that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, hey man, it's you <laughs> and me until it's you or me. You know, I uh, I played Black Ops in the um, open world map, or what was it? I played Black Ops with the uh, with the DDP guys one night, and we were sitting there just talking because, as they said, they like to just kind of hang out and have a nice little chat rather than take the game too seriously. And that was fun. We were doing that. And there was one random that was in our group. So there were three of us that were playing, and then one random joined up. And I decided to jump in the car with everybody, and then the other two guys got in with us. And then the random was kind of bringing up the rear, literally. And I backed up the car and ran him over, completely on accident. And I I saw it. I didn't acknowledge it, and we took off. And then we found a little hiding spot, and we were sitting there having a nice little conversation, you know, having a little date night. And all of a sudden, this guy came flying in with a helicopter and threw the helicopter at me. And I'm sitting there going, "What the heck, guys?" And they're like, "Well, didn't you kill him?" It's like, "Well, it was on accident." So, John John Rando <laughs> sometimes too kindly to that. <laughs> sometimes we are the accidental murderers, and. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he thought that I intended to run him over, and I didn't. If he would have had his mic on, he would have known that. <laughs> Honestly, not having a mic on is the most toxic thing some people can do, man. When you're playing these games, you gotta have a mic. Like if you're playing Warzone and in, in randoms, that makes me the, that makes <laughs> me the most mad. Uh, Tim, to answer your question, yes, I have been, and mm-hmm. I just acknowledge that was a mistake. You know, you ran me over. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I forgive you because we're not gonna get this W either way. You got me on your team, brother. Well, have you ever been the hero, or have you typically been the zero when you've been the random? You know, both. Because it's it's a special feeling when you get to be the hero when like you like get paired up with another actual group, 
and they're doing their thing that, you know, they're playing the class, they're playing the role and you actually play the class that you've selected. And they're like, oh, holy crap, this guy's doing his job. Hey, hey, bring him along. Oh, I mean, like, when, when they, I'm get playing, uh, ex- they get genuinely excited when someone's actually doing their job. When I play um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, my hunter, man, she has the skipping bow where you mm-hmm. can headshot someone and then it ricochets and headshots two other people. And then you have the special move that takes out five people. So I can clear out an entire area in one move. Um, I can easily get up to 250 kills with my hunter and leave everybody else below 100 kills. So, See, that's what I do in Battlefield. <laughs> when I jump in as the random, I take a look at the, the squads that have open spots. And I, if I see three recons, I pass. They're hanging out in the back. They're sniping. You know, they haven't even left the spawn area yet. But if I see a support and a couple of assaults, I'm jumping in as a medic. I'm throwing smoke. I'm throwing revives. You know, you know. Let, let's keep them in the game. I'm You're here letting for you me guys. play with you. I'm here for you. Let me let me help you out. Let me help you help me. No, I might revive you right in front of that MG42. So I get the hundred points for the revive. You go down. I revive you again a second time and drop a med pack. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Now, okay. So another form of trolling that I do want to touch base on before we wrap things up here for the day is all of those darn cheaters. I have to say darn, because we're going to keep this episode right E, right, Tim? I guess. If we have to. So yeah, um, all these cheaters, I deal with this a lot playing Among Us, and I know that you guys deal with it a lot playing Call of Duty too, but all these people that can phase through walls or just happen to know that you're the imposter when they're on the other side of the map and they call you out for exactly what you did. I wasn't on camera. There was no way anybody saw me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's lots of times in Warzone where you can watch your kill feed. You can just watch the person snap to you. Like, I watched a guy one time, and he snapped to me, and then he shot the side of the air airport, and then he snapped to another person and killed them. Then he kept shooting the side of the airport. Then he snapped to another person and killed them. You know, the only reason he was shooting the side of the airport was to make sure that his accuracy wasn't 100%. He was trying to trick the game to make it, you know, not stick out like a sore thumb that he was cheating. But it was clear watching him snap to random spots and just kill people and then turn around. You know, it's it's absolutely aggravating because, you know, everybody's in it for a good time. And I don't know what fun people find in that. I mean, yeah, it's great to be on top of the scoreboard. But when you have to use other programs to do it, you know, when you have to use an aimbot like Brace, you know, it just it's not as much fun. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what do you get out of using out of using an aimbot, Chad? Like. Uh, better. <laughs> I think Seth's KD is better than mine. <laughs> but uh, no, see, that's the worst thing about it is we, and I hate to say it like this, but we as Warzone players should not have to deal with this because you play PUBG, you play Apex, you play Fortnite, the other major three battle royales out there. Every single one of them, Valorant even, which is in the battle royales like CSGO or Rogue Company, you have to download um, an anti-cheat software. Really, the only people that cheat are on play, on PCs. Like you can get a Cronus, uh, Cronus, uh, um, I forget what it's called, Cronus Max or something like that, and put it on your PlayStation or your Xbox. But all it does is really help your recoil. It doesn't really give you an aimbot. But you people that are cheating are on PC, plain and simple. And All Duty makes so much money. We said it already in this in this in this podcast. They make three million dollars a day on microtransactions. They can purchase or create an anti-cheat software and make us put, install it on the PCs, but just like every other major multiplayer battle royale game out there, and they won't do it. 
Activision, Treyarch, you know, Raven, whoever is listening, if you guys listen to this, you need to fix that. That would make this game a thousand times more enjoyable. There are major streamers that are complaining about this so much, and they're leaving and playing other games. That's why Among Us became famous. They're playing other games because Warzone, Activision, you know, Treyarch, whoever you want, whatever you want to call them, whatever company's in charge of it now, um, they won't put an anti-cheat software in there. Play Apex, go play Fortnite. You won't have cheaters on there. And it's that's I mean that's the issue is just the company won't do it. You shouldn't have to deal with it as being players of that game, but because the company won't tackle it head on like everyone else, um, and I don't know why they won't. They won't say anything about it at all. You know, I blame it. It's solely their fault. It's not. You know, if you're gonna cheat, that's fine. That's the way you want to play a game. But I, I there are streamers out there on Twitch and on Facebook that are actively cheating in Warzone, and that's the title of their streams and their. And they're making money off of cheating in this game, and uh, Activision won't do anything. It's 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 solely the blame is on them. It's you know, just cheater, cheaters just are going to be there. Need to throw all of them into one into one match and let them have out. Yeah, each other. so they used to do that. They used to do that back in like season five in like September and October. They were doing that, and it was the best time. Anyone that they could somehow track that was cheating or maybe had been reported for cheating like 10 times in a day or something like that. They got sent to these other um, servers and lobbies. And there were a couple of pro streamers that don't cheat that got sent to these lobbies as well. And they were getting worked by these cheaters. Cause, but now they don't do that. They have totally disregarded that. And the last three months have been terrible. So I'm sorry tonight. I feel like I've soapboxed a few times. That's okay. This is, <laughs> this is your alley. Yes. I was going to say cheating is, the ultimate form of trolling but there are way there are so many easy ways or because it's already developed and out there that games and companies can prevent cheating from happening and it's just laziness or greed or whatever it may be um why warzone is full of cheaters because the company won't do anything about it be a vigilante don't be a cheater gonna get a t-shirt Ooh, first ethereum gaming merch yeah, I think that's kind of the thing, though, is like the closest that that I, I think cheating comes to is, you know, back in the day, putting the cheat codes in a Grand Theft Auto or some of the older games, you know, when you had to have walkthroughs to make it through the Deadly Towers because it made no sense. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> there's there's certain ways that, you know, it makes sense. But when you're playing these multiplayer games, when you're cheating, it just totally disrupts the flow and, and it makes these games not fun. You know, multiplayer games can be a lot of fun, whether they be with friends or with randoms, if people use a modicum of respect and, and just go in there to have fun, you know, but when you come in there trolling or when you come in there talking out of your, uh, or, uh, using language, you shouldn't, it just totally ruins the day for everybody. But, you know, uh, I'm still excited to play some multiplayer games this week. You know, I'm looking forward to it, but I would love to see the perfect world where everybody can play multiplayer games and just enjoy. But that being said, you know, Aaron, what games are you going to be playing this week? Well, that depends. Are we going to have an Among Us night? Because that would be fun. I'm down. You know, and speaking of Discord, we actually have a Discord channel for Among Us that has a maximum. You know, if y'all are looking for a chat source, you know, jump over to the Ethereum gaming server. And uh, we've got some voice channel lobbies set up for people to use for uh, Warzone or COD multiplayer. And and we're always glad to add some more. So uh, be sure to come over and hang out in the Discord. But uh, yeah, I'm totally down for an Among Us night anytime. All right. Maybe we'll put something in the group. We'll sign up for an Among Us night. Tim, cool. you down? I'll see if I can make it over there. I don't have yeah. Among Us at the moment, but I'll see what I can do. You can just put it on your phone. It's free. I like free. I like free, too. That's why it's on there. Chad, you, you can play. stream it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That'd be okay. fun. 
promise to not use any obscene language. <laughs> don't don't kick me oh. out. <laughs> and I'll only troll you if you deserve it. I text to chat in that game has stars, so you can't see any obscene words if someone texts it out anyways. <laughs> well, if we're using the uh, voice chat, then we can actually just talk through it, which is the yep. best part. Yeah, true. That is exactly what we will do. Um, but anyways, other than that, uh, Demon Souls has got me locked up pretty good. And yeah, I'm just going to continue to punish myself with that and have to be a little bit more quiet about it now because my family's back in town. Definitely screamed at it a couple times. Are you going to jump into Hitman this week? or I don't know. Are you going to jump into Hitman? I haven't decided yet. I'm tempted. There's just so many games that have my attention right now. And jumping into Red Dead Online last night really threw me for a loop for my gaming for this week. You know, I've actually got a HDMI cable coming in tomorrow to be able to hook my TV up to my PC so that I can uh, play some AC Valhalla on my TV. Uh, some of those games I like to sit back with a controller. Most games I play with mouse and keyboard, but like AC Valhalla, I like to sit back with a controller. But I'm a little too close to my desk when I'm doing that if I play with my monitor. So I'm looking forward to playing some games like that. And, Valhalla is and, a good uh, cinematic one to have on. Right. I wish I could play Cyberpunk on there, but there's just too many shooter portions of it that i still use mouse and keyboard. gotcha but, uh, gotcha yeah, probably probably gonna be jumping into to those couple of games this week what about you tim uh i'm gonna keep breaking the addiction on animal crossing i've already rolled credits so the game is quote-unquote done it's just the never-ending sense of developing the island and expanding your house but uh i gotta get more into phoenix immortals rising a little bit and really get, wrap my head around that and i have to have to get back into AC Valhalla sooner rather than later. Well, you let me yeah. know when you're going to take Phoenix Rising a little serious, and then I'll jump in there with you. Will do. Tell me when you got some hours underneath your belt. Chad, I challenge you a lot tonight. Are you going to be back with us next week? Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> of course. Um, what are you going to be playing until we come <laughs> back next week? Yeah, I, I've i been really debating on getting Escape from Tarkov, and I changed my stream schedule up a little bit, so I will be uh, streaming... Three days during the week and normally on my weekday streams don't have any other streamers right now that are i'm playing with so i need to find something might fill the gap and i usually do destiny but i might get into escape from tarkov i've been i've been, I've been talking to a lot of people about it to try to figure out if it's something i should do and i don't know i'm still on the fence about it seth sent me a very hilarious video not safe for work um not, yeah not safe for work and it's very funny about Escape from Tarkov. So, yeah, probably definitely Modern Warfare or definitely Warzone. Maybe be getting that. I'm not 100% sure if I will. But uh yeah, that and I um Halo Master Chief collection again. I got a I got a night. I got a night date with my college buddies about with that as well. So, Seth, if you want to, you know, download that, it's free on Game Pass, so you might as well get it and come play with me that night. Oh, I've I've already got it. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Tell me if tell me if you get escape from Tarkov. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys here. Hold up, hold up. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys here, but I may have to change um, what I'm playing this week because y'all, I just found a Deadly Towers emulator. Uh, we all can play that, and we can Jump talk about That'll it. That'll be the review for February. This is an old, old story from the Stone and the Copper Ages. <laughs> Tim, I'm about to live out here. Your childhood. Yeah, this was my demon souls. So speaking of feeling like you got kicked in the nuts, yeah, I'm tempted to jump into Escape from Tarkov too. But uh, you know, oh so, yeah, uh, you know, if you jump into that, uh, I might be tempted. You know, I, I was looking at the different packages for that, and it's it's kind of crazy how many different you know options there are for that game. I mean, everything from like 
45 bucks to 145 bucks. But, uh, isn't there one for 199? Isn't there a $200 uh, maybe, package? Maybe so. I mean, it's just, they had all kinds of different packs. Looks like yeah. a pretty good game, but feedback I've been getting is just, it's slow for the stream. If you're not good at it and you're trying to learn it, a lot of people, um, have, don't enjoy watching it. So you have to be a mega big streamer that has a, a large following, uh, darkness 429 on Facebook stream Starkov. Um, yeah, and he's Stone usually Mountain got a couple thousand people watching him. Oh yeah, does he? I haven't seen Stone. He might be yeah. playing it recently. I haven't seen him play it, but uh, he, he he's played it in Darkness the past. Forty nine plays yeah, a he's lot. He's played in the past, but it's not very often. Because like you said, I mean, like we talked about yeah. before, there's Warzone with its crossplay nature, and so many people are playing it still. I mean, it's just it's the hot thing. Yeah. But, well, maybe we'll have to chat, and maybe we can uh, run through some of that. I, I'm excited to try it. I really want to. I just know. I just don't know if I want to spend the money on something that I might not enjoy or stick with for a I long understand. time that's why i didn't know whether to buy breath of the wild today or not but y'all talked me into it so we'll see how that goes so i guess i'll be playing some of that this week too but uh you know, looking forward to, to playing these games and uh, looking forward to jumping back into some multiplayer and you know but all in all you know that wraps up this week's episode of the ethereum gaming podcast so we'd like to remind you be sure to head over to itunes and leave us a five-star review you know that'll help us to reach a larger audience and share our passion with more people just like you and uh, continue this discussion and let us know what you think the state of the multiplayer is right now in our Facebook group, E3M Gamers. And we'd love to see what you're playing and would love to see photos and clips from people other than just Aaron. So until next week, we will see you real soon. Have a good, good night. night. See ya. Y'all, I am playing Deadly Towers. <laughs> Wait, go back. It is. Man.